0: looking to get out of the ads and back to the story fable and folly plus is a new way to support the creators you love the podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as four dollars a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus and now fox and stallion is offering special director's commentary to all fable and folly plus supporters
1: still entirely ad-free Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at
2: fableandfolly.com slash plus. I just don't understand why you can't patch things up with James. I feel like we just went through this. We did, and we resolved that we are making our own path
1: forward. Hampton and Madge, Fox and Stallion. God, it's so perfect, we don't even have to change the name. Oh God, after all that, you're still on this weird pride kick. Pride in what? I've never had a professional success to take
2: pride in. If anything, I'm blinded by my own ambition. I wish I had pride in myself. I think one sentence is the saddest thing you've ever said, and then... James Stallion is as good as dead to me, and I will not change my mind. Ah! Hampton, what time is it? Bit after three in the morning. Right, so... Anyone coming round at this hour is... Rude. (gasps) And suspicious. Unless... it's the only person who knows we'd still be up at three in the morning. (gasps) James!
3: Evening, friends.
0: (gasps) Oscar? Fox and Stallion by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part 9. The Case of the Flockton Street Finale.
3: Nice flat, this. I'll be honest, I was expecting something a bit more... shit.
1: Oscar! So nice to see you! Uh, What are you... Why...
3: Madge, run! Uh, uh, Not so fast, little fox. Worth a shot. I ain't here to hurt you.
2: Right. And what about me?
3: You neither.
2: Okay, we're good. So... If you're not here
1: to hurt us, then... Uh... Why
3: am I here? Right. Well, see, the thing is...
1: You wanted to change sides? Are you
3: a good guy now? Madge, we've got us an eleven o'clock partner! No. Okay. I was actually on my way to disperse a healthy amount of pain and discomfort to you because the Crimea family jewels have been stolen. Wow! Um, you don't say. I do, and I did. Now, where are they? Well, how in the pip
1: bin are we supposed to know? We just found out the jewels were fake a few hours ago.
3: Right, but I'm not talking about the fake jewels no more. I'm talking about the real ones that were stolen. Tonight. You're saying you knew where the real jewels were this whole time? Stop playing dumb. Miss Fletchley was your client, now she's been arrested. Godward travels fast. And you were her last known contacts. Way we see it, if she could successfully steal the fake jewels once, there's no reason why she couldn't steal the real ones
1: too. Well, as I'm sure you could tell from my reaction a few hours ago, I had no idea she had stolen the jewels when we took her on as a client. I had no idea she had returned them disguised as a funny banker. And finally, I had no idea they were fake until both those events had already transpired. I'm apparently quite blinded by my own ego and
3: ambitions. We've been having
2: breakthroughs tonight. Uh, That's nice, but I don't really give a fig.
3: Doesn't matter to me who knew about the jewels or why. What matters to me is that my boss is happy. And my boss is only going to be happy if they get what's theirs. So you are going to give that to them.
2: And by that, I assume you mean the real jewels? Even if we knew where they were, why are we going to do that?
3: Because... We have your friend.
1: Ha-ha! Joke's on you! I have no friends. Now, if you're...
3: James Stallion? Or would you prefer the Golden Stallion from your short shorts and cockwagon days? You sure he don't mean nothing to you?
1: James's ascot. Where did you get that?
3: I don't like repeating myself, mate. It's a crimea thing. We have your friend, Mr. Stallion, at a secure location, and... Nothing's gonna happen to him, don't you worry your full head of hair over it. So long as we get the jewels. You son of a- We don't have the real jewels, I just told you. I didn't even know Sarah had the fake jewels until a few hours ago. Right, see, that's not my problem. (laughs) I'm just the messenger here to tell you the situation. Your friend, for the jewels, it don't get much simpler.
2: So you just wanted to stop by and let us know?
3: Well, yeah. I was considering throwing a rock through the window with an intimidating note or something to that end, but then I thought, nah, don't got no paper.
1: Well, that's an expensive fix, so thanks
3: for that. Besides, everyone knows Baker's Streets where Holmes and Watson are. Last thing I need is some actual detective breathing down my fucking neck. You son of a- 32 Flockton Street. One hour.
1: Wait a minute, an hour? That makes no sense. It'll take us nearly two hours to get to Flockton Street. We wouldn't even make it on time if we left with you. Let alone if we knew where the
3: real jewels were. That's not true. I-, I got the carriage out front. It'll only take me 40 minutes tops. So are we expected to just. ride with you? Well, I, I wasn't planning on it, but, um. sure. I, I just gotta make some room. Some parcels to the left and, uh.
1: Okay. Can we leave in 20 minutes?
3: Why would we leave in 20 minutes? To give us time to look for the jewels. Oh, still sticking with that story, eh? Yes! Uh, but you can get them in 20 minutes. Probably not! Then what difference is it what time we leave? Jesus Christ on a ah, fucking ah, ah, ah. boy! Easy with the dress. I need to
2: return this tomorrow for a full refund. No, 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 wait! I, I, I
1: think if we show up to Flockton Street early... Without the jewels, then, you know, that's just a waste of everyone's time and potential safety. But if you give us the two full hours, then rest assured, Mr. Oscar, when we show up to the rendezvous point, we will have your jewels.
3: Boy, he sounds confident, don't he? All right, Mr. Fox, you have one hour. Don't be late, and don't be light.
2: Oh my god. What is it? You're recoiling because you were successfully confident for the first time in your life? I think I'm going to be sick. No, no, none of that. Neither of us has money to clean these carpets. I don't know what I just did. I don't know why I did that. They have James. Oh god, they have James! Not so mad at him now, are
1: you? Of course I am! But I don't want him to die! Two truths can coexist. Good point. You're on a roll. Oh, God, this is a disaster. We can't solve this case in an hour. Why did I say that? Hell, we couldn't solve it in two! We have no leads, no James, and I just dramatically ripped all of our evidence off the wall like an absolute buffoon. All that's left is ripped newspaper in this ridiculous
2: golem map. Hampton, are you having a stroke? Do you smell burnt toast? Because that could just be the perfume sample I tried. I'm not married to it. Wait! I think something is happening. Like a mental break? Yes. A mental break. Of genius. Okay. What was the address of that meeting again? 32 Flockton Street. Why? Madge,
1: look at the map. These are all the locations the golem has struck over the last six months. Now, what else do all of these locations have in common? They're
2: not my favorite spots for a nightcap. I'm being serious, Madge! They're... homeless hubs in London. Hampton, we knew this already. We've known this for months. He strikes in places where no one will be missed, so by the time someone reports the disappearance, it's too late to investigate. Right,
1: but aside from that, take away what we know about the golem about the crimes. What do these locations have in common? The Admiral's Shanks, East London, September 24th. Golem terrorizes homeless in East London. Blakely Park, October 16th. Overnight Exodus. No Moses for disappearing homeless of Blakely Park. Flockton Street, right in the heart of Bemondsey. November 3rd. Increased goleming activity in South London. All signs point to golem. These are all places we've been this weekend, Madge.
2: Alright, let's say I go with you on this speculation. Deduction? Uh Uh-huh, that would mean that we have to go get James from... The heart of the golem's path. God damn it. What? I mean, it doesn't really make sense, but also it kind of makes sense. There's something there, right? It's not nothing. I know! If only we weren't walking into the gullet of the Golem without the jewels. Well, that's not entirely true. What do you mean? All right, Hampton, you have to promise you won't get all fidgety and indignant when I tell you this. I don't get fidgety and indignant. You do, but I'm choosing to take you at your word. Tonight, when we split up at the Admiral's shanks, I went with Sazerac into an overly-perfumed, tacky little side room. And after momentarily knocking her out with my sexual prowess, again, I noticed something in her briefcase. Oh my god. The jewels. You got your deductions and I got my impulses. And you kept them in your bustle? It's quite handy for storing things. Oh, you know, chewing gum, cigarettes, priceless jewels. To name a few. So, what do you have to say, knowing I'm also a bit of a thief when the time calls for it? What do I have to say?
1: Let's go free a stallion! And, 32 Flockland Street. This must be the place.
2: Oh, fun. A dilapidated warehouse. Moody enough for you.
1: Yes. Yes. And perfect for a final confrontation. Now, before we go in there, Madge, I just wanted to say thank you for... You think this is the end of the
2: road for us?
1: Well, no, not exactly, but I haven't said it before, and I should
2: have. Well, then to make up the deficit, you'll have to tell me a second time later. Now, what's the plan? We're well, the same as it always is, I suppose. You're going to do a silly voice, and I'm going to feel confident in winging it until someone asks something of me. That's reassuring. Well, for queen and country.
1: And Ambrosius.
2: Right. And Ambrosius.
3: Ah, I was gonna eavesdrop, but my damn reflexes just opened the door. You know how it is. Habits. Then by all means. After you.
2: Hey, hey, watch it with the pat down. Jesus, hands like a meat hammer.
3: That's not all love.
2: I bet you tell yourself that a lot, huh? Mr.
1: Oscar, I believe I have what you're looking for. No need to impose on the lady.
3: That's all well and good, but I still got to pat you down.
1: Fine, pat us down. But then you bring us James Stallion.
4: Impressive timing, Mr. Fawkes. (laughs) When Oscar here told me that you insisted on not having the jewels, I was sure we were going to have to... incapacitate your partner. I'm so glad to see you've come to your senses. This will be so much less of a mess.
1: Jonathan Crimeria.
4: In the flesh, Mr. Fox. Or should I say... Brat Kensington? No, that's...
1: don't. Uh, Don't be ashamed.
4: I thought it was adorable. I've always admired those who went above and beyond, and you certainly strike me as the extra credit type.
2: Shit, he sure has you pegged.
4: And, of course, Mrs. Stallion. Believe me, the pleasure is all mine.
2: You know, same goes for me. Please, please have a seat.
4: No use standing on ceremony, literally and metaphorically.
2: What literal ceremony do you think he's talking about? Oscar!
3: Yes, boss? Am I happy? Oh, you're very happy, sir. (laughs) Good, I love being happy.
1: Well, we aim to please. Uh, So...
4: What, am I being rude? Did I not offer you drinks? Oscar, if you would... No, no. Thank you. Are you sure? It's quite alright. I keep a travelling bar with me at all times, Here, I even brought some of that brandy that you liked.
2: I'll be honest, I was just being nice when I said that. Where's James?
4: James? Oh, right! The Golden Stallion. Yes! That makes sense, you'd want to see him. Oscar! Christ, anything I can do for you? Yes, a bit less lip, please, go! Apologies. Normally, this is a three-person operation, but our dear Ms. Sazerac is running late. Perhaps a bit embarrassed, considering that it was under her watch that the jewels were stolen. Again. Good on you two for arriving before the full, threatening party. That's professionalism. And you are nothing if not professional,
1: eh? (laughs) Oh! Forgive the joke. It's under consideration. What was the joke? Pretty sure we were.
4: Correct! Ah!
1: Here they come. James! Jesus! Hampton? Madge? What are you? It's all right, James. I forgive you. Ow! And also, I'm sorry too.
5: A bit past that now, but thanks for the confirmation.
1: Oh no! Did you two
4: have a falling out? I'm sorry. See... While we've been waiting, I've been asking your good friend and husband, Mr. Stallion, all sorts of questions regarding you both. Your operation, your friendship, your marriage... Not a lot on that last one, I'll say. (laughs) And, unfortunately, I have only gotten the following response... Oh my god, piss off. Oscar!
1: Ah! Oh my god, James!
5: It's fine. I mean it hurts a lot, but it's preferable to his constant talking. Yes,
4: it's called a monologue, you dilettante. You spend so much time at the opera, Mr. Stallion, you think you'd appreciate a good performance. It's not that good. Yes, it is! I know it is! I rehearsed it, so it would be!
5: There's a reason some people leave it as a hobby.
1: Oscar! Uh... Okay, that's enough of that now. Please. Thank
5: you. Fine.
4: Fine. I'd still say if he had any manners, we wouldn't be resorting to this level of brutality, but ultimately, not my choice.
1: Okay. Now we gave you the jewels. Unlock James and we'll be on our way.
4: <sighs> if only twere that simple.
3: But it were! You said it twere that simple! That twere on me. I lied.
4: Oh, Oscar, you scoundrel. This is classic, Oscar.
3: Okay, so? What now?
4: Now, we wait. We wait? We wait. Don't make me repeat it again. I've already told you I don't like to repeat myself. It's a Crimea thing.
1: You know, when I imagined a climactic confrontation for our first case, I didn't really factor in. What did
4: I just say about repeating myself? I said we wait, so now we wait, all right? What's the good of talking if nobody listens to what you have to say? God, you're acting just like my parents. May they rest in peace. Now we wait.
2: Right, so how long were you imagining this to go on for, exactly? Are we waiting on something? Because there's a large distinction between- We wait
4: until we receive word that the Fletchley girl has had her date with the Gallows. Sarah. That's the one, yes. We wait until Sarah's death certificate has been signed, sealed, and delivered, and then-
5: Oh my god. Yes? That's practically 16 hours from now. You couldn't have staged this rendezvous closer to the actual hanging? It's not my fault they don't execute criminals on Sundays.
4: You can blame God for that. I do. So do I. Every day. But, in retrospect, there were some actualities about this part of the plan that could have used a second pass, but that doesn't mean this won't still work just fine. And the important thing is, I'm now reunited with my family's jewels. Thank you. And James? All yours, once I receive word of the hanging. And with it, of course, the insurance check from the lost jewels.
1: Insurance check? But you have the jewels again. Why do you also need money from them?
4: (laughs) Is he serious? Are you serious? Do you not know how insurance fraud works.
2: Wait, wait, wait. If this was all just some insurance nonsense, then why did Sarah steal the jewels? Why not just get Oscar or uh, 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 the, the, the other one? Sazerac? Sazerac, thank you. Oof, glad she's not around to hear that one.
4: <laughs> Excellent point, Mrs. Stallion. Luckily, I am prepared with an answer. Great.
3: Ah! OK, not just punching stop- me!
4: It's simple. Because my business partner needed some financial swaying, so to speak.
1: And you didn't have the money to pay? Oh
4: no, I do. I'm very rich. But why give away money when you could break even? It was actually her idea to use Mrs. Fletchley. It's quite clever.
1: Her Catalina Montgomery Schnutz, the owner of the Admiral's Shanks. Sarah's old boss. Precisely!
4: Excellent deduction! Honestly, your rate of improvement is impressively above average. Yes, once the plan to steal the jewels for the money came about, it was about finding the right culprit. Mrs. Schnutz has no shortage of names in her debt, but one in particular really seemed to stick in her craw. And it helped that she happened to have a relative that I already had on staff.
1: So Sarah was set up?
4: You could say that.
1: But could you?
4: I believe I just
2: did.
1: Well, no. I mean, you sort of did. You hinted at it, but if you did it, then take the credit. It's a genius plan, and you pulled it off. For consistency's sake, it would be a shame to start inferring and half-saying now. Fine.
4: Yes. Sure. I wasn't planning on mentioning Miss Fletchley so much in my speech, but... I can improvise. Yes,
5: and... She was set up, as you so crudely said. Okay, then. And, well, I mean, since we're here for a while... Again, apologies for that. You didn't apologize the first time, but fine. you mind telling us about how you've been using the Admiral's shanks to hide all your dirty business? Getting protection from the clientele? I'm sorry? Retired officers. The entire patronage. Most of them. There are still some good old-fashioned
4: criminals left in this world. But actually... Oh, I'm really excited I get to do this next part!
2: Can't wait.
4: The Admiral's Shanks wasn't just our Office of Operations. It was the Operation. Okay...
1: Care to elaborate?
4: If I must, Mr. Fawkes. Surprise exam for the room! What's better than one of your favorite things?
2: World
1: peace? WRONG!
4: Multiple of your favorite things.
2: Can't believe you missed that.
4: It was right there, mate. Exactly. Franchising. Multiple Admirals shanks throughout London. Tens of thousands of men a month flock from all over London to this one location. It's lightning in a bottle and since lightning never strikes the same place twice we just have to plant lightning rods all over the city
1: okay okay but in whitechapel the east end bemancy these are all the most dangerous parts of london no one in their right mind would want to build a
2: pub out here especially with all them golem attacks recently
4: well (laughs) <laughs> yes, if you believe that sort of thing and happen to be homeless, I can see how that would be a concern. However, I am neither brag. And you would be correct if we were indeed just interested in constructing a pub. These establishments, however, are going to be so much more than pubs. You see, Messrs, forks, and stallions. The admiral's Shanks is about to undergo a massive. Personality
2: shift. Safe to assume he knows what those look like. Instead of being a neighbourhood
4: watering hole with the most salaciously costumed waitstaff law will allow, we're looking at being a more of a lucrative industry. Game halls. With the most salaciously costumed waitstaff law will allow. Game halls? Like with... games? The Admiral's Shanks is about to become the first franchised and licensed gambling house in all of London, where every night is casino night,
1: and where every night the house
3: always wins. So long as the big bad golem don't piss in the porridge.
1: Oh, I don't think you'd have to worry about that, would you, Oscar? You trying to infer something,
3: detective?
1: Oh, no, not at all. I'm quite lost on this whole thing, actually this being my first case and all. You did just mention, though, that the contracts for all of the new Admiral Shank's locations happen to be in the neighborhoods the golem has struck. Truly unfortunate for the homeless communities in those areas, but even more unfortunate, it seems, is that all those areas are also home to the other Crimea legacy. The homes for the homeless shelters that your parents erected prior to their untimely, simultaneous deaths a month ago. So what? You
3: got two details?
1: Exactly. Two delicious little details. You saw promise in those neighbourhoods, as you've said. Promise for a future that didn't involve homeless Londoners ruining your brand new franchise of gaming halls. A future that didn't involve your parents' legacy, only yours. You couldn't simply shut down the shelters in those areas. What would the times say about you? No. You needed to create a monster to prey on the people of those neighborhoods. A monster to make them too scared to go to the very places they should have been safe from the likes of you. And luckily you had a monster next to you this whole time. Am I right, Oscar? Or should I say the golem?
3: You know... You made no impression on me when I first met you, but now I'm really starting to like you. Hampton, you did it! I did. I was right?
2: I was right! Oh, yes! So what gave you the right to think you could just go around offing every Tom, Dick and Jane on the corner, you great brute? That
4: would be me. I gave him the right. I'm rich.
1: Besides, they didn't
3: kill all of them. Wait, he didn't? Oh god no, we're not barbaric. Figured, why bin these folk when we could use them?
1: The The volunteers. volunteers! You know, looking back at it later, having been thrown headfirst into an underground fighting ring against my will, I assumed that morning at your estate you had meant to recruit us to fight from the start. But then I remembered what you said. And no, you only deliver the highest quality,
4: most singular and most desperate
1: assets. You weren't talking about us at all. And you weren't talking about some inanimate objects or assets. You meant people. People we were supposed to recruit to fight in your club who had nowhere else to go. Just like George George Kensington, Kensington, loser, the dear dear grasshopper George here. Help me. You sent out agents all over this city to find people to fight for you. Agents like Oscar, Catalina, and Sazerac.
3: Volunteers.
4: The only volunteering opportunity in London that pays cold, hard cash.
3: Only none of them actually make it long enough to get paid.
2: That's sick.
4: I know, right? Honestly, I can't even take the credit for the volunteers idea. Miss Sazerac has a lovely mind for fitting things where they don't normally belong.
2: She does. Ugh,
5: now I just feel gross. Wait, a buttered biscuit. All of this... ...was just about the money? Is he...? Yes! I feel like we're repeating ourselves at this point, and
4: I don't like doing it! It's, it's a, a, a Crimeria story. thing! Yeah. That is so... boring! And it'll never work! I assure you, Mr. Fox, all the pieces are in place. There's no way for it to
2: fail. I'm not talking about financially, Crimeria. I'm talking about reputationally! People don't want to see the same establishment on every corner. They want to know that where they're going is special. Special to that neighborhood, that clientele.
5: Unique. Exactly. People want to feel like their pubs and shops are a secret so they can lord it over everyone and feel cool. And franchised businesses are decidedly not cool. Come, come, Messrs. Forks and Stallions.
4: You of all people should know the importance of having a brand. Isn't that how London's top private investigative team stays so busy with important cases? What? That is you, isn't it? Or are you just their
1: neighbours? Fuck this guy. But now
4: comes the best part of my plan. Jesus, what, you prepare a burger mask? Oscar.
1: her. Whoa, whoa, so okay, really hold on. Now, on yeah.
4: One question you failed to ask, although you did get a lot of good ones in, was why? Why would I tell you all this? Why would I reveal my whole plan to you and
1: just let you walk free? Because we don't have proof.
3: Exactly. Yeah. You know... If I didn't know any better, I'd say you was on your way to being a real detective.
2: I... Thank you? Wasn't a compliment. With a different
1: tone it could have been.
4: But alas, it twasn't. And so... I can just continue to prattle on about our insurance schemes, how we work with Ms. Schnutz to frame young Sarah Fletchley, how I've made good on my parents' overly expensive promise to clean up the streets of London, albeit through systematic gambling-based kidnapping and cage fights, and there's no way anyone will believe you!
1: Do you know... Three days ago, I would have been absolutely furious to hear you say that. Fidgety and indignant. Fidgety and indignant, thank you, Madge. But after the weekend I've had, I'll be honest. I absolutely agree. You... Agree? I do! It's a great point, after all. Who would believe our, just three nobodies who happen to live on Baker Street? Against that of the great philanthropic Jonathan Crimeria. We're not even real detectives. And I used to think that was a disadvantage. Hampton, what are you... But here's the thing. If you assume that no one will believe your word, even when it makes sense, you start to get creative. You start to come up with other solutions. You start to wonder if they'll believe someone like you over someone like me. Maybe it shouldn't be me telling them. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it should be you.
4: I appreciate the attempt to make your one moment of glory last as long as possible, but I-
1: Wonderful thing, recording devices! My partner, James, managed to invest early after he got hit by a city carriage in this very handy thing called a wax cylinder. They say it's going to revolutionize the way we get information. No need to write anything down, you can hear it directly from the source.
4: Oh, right, and where would this hypothetical wax cylinder even live? Your bodice? Mr. Stallion's hand-me-down ascot? That was a gift!
1: No! You see, here's another thing I learned this weekend. From my other partner, Madge. You can hide a lot in a lady's bustle. Priceless jewels, a stick of chewing gum. A full confession from Jonathan Crimeria himself.
5: What? You! So that's why you were playing so dumb! What? Well, well, well. Look at you, Mr. Fox.
4: Just full of surprises and wax cylinders and bustles. Unfortunately, it won't matter. You will not outsmart me. I cannot be outsmarted. I went to boarding school i know how to spot the difference between a good canopy and a pile of carrots and twigs i know what a salad fork is you're just a trio of bumbling nobodies a stain on the pantaloons of holmes and watson that no one will ever notice now oscar unfortunately we must resort to plan b the gun I do hope your wax cylinder picks up this next part, Mr. Fox, because it's. gonna be a doozy! Is
2: that a carriage?
3: James! Oh, shit.
2: Seriously, is that a fucking carriage that just crashed through that wall? Because
1: what the fuck? James. James, are you okay? Hampton! Did you just jump in front of that carriage? For me? Yes. Yes, I believe I did.
2: Oi, dickheads! Over here, away
6: from that carriage, before... Sazerac? (coughs) Madge, Madge, are you okay? Once I found out Jonathan was planning on bringing you here, I knew, I knew I had to stop him, because I realised I don't need a job to feel important, and I don't need jewels to be rich. Because Madge... Sweet Madge... I love-
5: Oh my god! Did that carriage just blow up?
1: Well,
2: that was convenient. Right, Madge? I swear I didn't realise we had that kind of thing. But now that I think about it, signs were there. Right. Want to get out of here?
5: Yeah. Yeah... Wait! Should we go back?
2: Fuck no. Why?
5: Check to see if Crimeria survived that carriage collision or Oscar? Oh! Uh, on second thought.
1: You know, I'm 95% sure I figured out how he murdered his parents about three minutes into that monologue. Fucking
5: finally. Yeah,
2: I refuse to feel bad for him.
5: I do feel bad for Sarah, though. And as much as I hate to admit it... I think I owe that girl an apology.
2: Couldn't agree more. But, for now, I do believe we just solved our first case.
1: I think you're right, Madge. I think you're right.
0: (laughs) Wait, so it just blew up?
5: Yes, Sarah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. The fires of hell mere inches from my face. I'd have been done for if it wasn't for Hampton.
1: That's true. Apparently the asbestos in that building was terrible. It's good they found out now that pub would have never lasted there. I really can't thank you enough. And since Schnutz erased my debt, it looks like my mum will be
0: heading for an early retirement. Thank you again, Madge, by the way.
2: It's not every day you get to blackmail someone by a wax cylinder. And I thank you for the opportunity to explore this new, terrifying side of myself.
5: It's It's open! open. Archie! There he is, the best damn inspector in Scotland Yard.
6: Inspector. Inspector. Hello, James.
5: Hampton, Madge.
1: Right, should I go, or...?
5: Oh, shit, I forgot. Uh, No. (sighs) No,
1: no, don't be silly. You're a free woman, Sarah. Free to cavort with anyone you see fit, from kings and queens to former people under
6: your employ.
1: Right.
0: I'm gonna go.
6: Oh, no need, Miss Fletchley. We're well out of the realm of conflict of interest now.
0: Okay.
6: I just wanted to come by in case you hadn't seen the paper this morning.
5: Oh my god, the spread on the House of Lords' favourite recipes for their Christmas party. How many different mince pies do you need?
6: No, not the standard.
5: The times. Holmes and Watson recover Crimeria jewels after death-defying scrap with the Golem. Hey! Look at that! That's... wait, what the blazes? But... the
1: Golem didn't steal the jewels, I did. We know. I'm just saying, give credit where
5: it's due.
6: They already wrote the article? That was fast. Uh, Though not entirely thorough. If I had to guess, they have a template for Holmes and Watson stories, and at this point it's just finding and replacing the specific details with whatever information pertains to the new case. I could have told you that. I don't think the Times has written an original
2: article about them since their study of pink. I think you mean study in pink. And he calls himself a fan. Actually, I just wanted to leave the joke on the table for you and see if you'd pick it up. Never question my penchant for studies in pink, eh?
5: I'm sorry. Maybe I'm still a bit daft from being kidnapped, forced to fight in a cage, almost killed in a fire, kidnapped again, and kept in the stocks all night. But we actually solved this one. How the hell did Holmes and Watson snake this case too? Because
2: I gave it to them. What?! (laughs) You hate them stealing your cases.
5: Exactly. Not to mention they weren't the ones who fucking solved it. They were on vacation, for Christ's sake.
1: Yes, yes, and yes. But, as much as I am loath to admit it, there is only one man in this city that can make Scotland Yard open a closed case. And luckily for us, he lives across the street, and his train arrived this morning. But, the recording... They never would have listened to it coming from us. It was a simple deduction, really. And you're. okay with this? Me? Yes. I think I am. I'll be honest, I made the decision when I was running on very little sleep and the adrenaline of having almost been killed, but yes, it was the right choice. Sarah is safe, her mum is safe, and justice was served, so I'm glad for it. Truly. You know, perhaps with time to sit and think about it, will I actually feel good about it? Uh, But no, no, that's for another day. Maybe, who knows. But today, I'm just glad that the case of the Crimeria Jewels has come to a
5: close. Well, if it's possible to be equal parts good chaffed and bad chaffed on your behalf, put me in that category. How did they take all of it over at Scotland Yard? Oh, I wouldn't know, I quit. You... I'm sorry, maybe I didn't, uh, had a bit to drink. You quit. You did? I did. When? Just now. And you didn't... You know, we can talk about this later if you're not feeling... Or now! Oh, fuck off! Well, this was your first case as inspector. Why would you just hang up the hat and stick now? Helmet and
6: baton, but valiant effort. I suppose it was the culmination of a lot of small things, ultimately, but... At a certain point I realized that justice, and justice through the proper channels, are not always the same thing. And honestly, I think there's probably better, less soul-crushing work I can be doing to contribute to the world.
5: At least I hope. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It feels good. You know, you are always complaining that there's no good patisserie near our flat. I'm listening.
6: You know, Archie,
1: in the interest of forging our own path forward, I think we are looking to expand the team quite a bit. And in the future, perhaps we could employ your skills on the odd case or two? A consultant to the consulting detectives, if you will.
2: Or at the very least, we'll absolutely require free catering. So you got
6: that going for you.
5: Oh god, I'm going to have to start exercising regularly again, aren't I?
6: I would be honoured on both counts. Well, I don't know about you, but I propose a toast. There we go. That took longer than expected.
1: John Milton once said... Oh, shove off. I really just want to drink. Okay, okay, okay. Fine. It was going to be good, but fine. Now, let's see.
2: I'm just going to drink. Okay, good. Me too.
1: All right. Fine. The short version. Two to old friends, and the new opportunities they invite.
5: Yes, to what is, on paper at least, another professional failure.
1: Exactly. My favorite failure so far.
2: For Ambrosius! For For
5: Ambrosius! Ambrosius. Ah. Alright, fill her up again. Another toast? No, just thirsty.
6: That makes two of us laugh.
2: You know, Madge, if you want... I can teach you a few of those of hand tricks I was telling you about. Oh, yeah, then maybe I could teach you a few things as well. About some subjects I don't want to get into in front of these delicate flowers here. Mmm. Promise. On my life. Oh, so, you two… two. 2 deductions in 24 hours, Hampton. Don't hurt yourself. Noted.
1: Good show, Ambrosius.
5: Good show. Oh, come on. Can't we just drink in peace? I'm exhausted.
2: I'll get it, I'll get it. Good, tell him to bugger off. There's already three people too many in here. Yes, hello, can I help? You? Hello? I, 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 I have a case.
1: Yes, of course. Sorry, you're probably looking for 221 B Baker Street. Easy mistake. No, I'm looking for you. Uh, uh, Mr Fox
6: and Mr Stallion. My niece Kate works at the Crimeria estate. She told me you helped set Eliza Fletchley free.
1: Right? Yes, well, actually we did a bit. Are you Mr Fox and Mr Stallion? Well? That's the thing, really. We're not so much a detective duo as a detective team these days. We sort of do our own thing here. I'm Hampton. This is James, my best friend and partner. Mm-hmm. Match, my, well, my other best friend and partner. Mm-hmm. Archie, uh, currently unemployed slash consultant. Oh, hello. And, well, if she'd like, that is. Sarah here to help i suppose excellent so how may we help you sir it's about these messages i've been getting from my sister trouble is she died over 3 years ago well team yes, yes? how do we feel about ghosts
0: Fox and Stallion is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. This episode was sound designed by Sarah Buczynski and original music was composed by Baldemar. This episode featured Jeremy Thompson as Hampton Fox, Chris Visaraga as James Stallion, Katie McLean Hainsworth as Madge Stallion, Tommy Malouf as Jonathan Crimeria, Sean Fauch as Archie Cartwright, Mike Wee as Oscar, Tina Muñoz Ponja as Sazerac and Daniel Milhouse as the client. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224B Baker or on our website 224baker.com.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers
0: flourish.
5: Good evening, and welcome to Strange
4: Air. I am your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality.
1: Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence, and the next moment, he was
0: gone.
3: People will believe anything.
0: So, what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole thing.
3: I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe.
1: I believe I'll have a little more wine.
0: It's time you heard the truth about your father. You're completely insane. Did someone hit you? Leave me alone. What's going on?
6: I'm going to find my father.
1: Strange Air available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit Strangeairpodcast for more information.